0: Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Pena, and I want to welcome you this morning to our uh, Sunday service. And, And I want to wish, first of all, the church a happy birthday. Today we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, which we consider the birthday of the church. So we are excited that you are joining us today for a time of celebration. I want to thank our praise and worship team for leading us in this time of worship. We've also had the opportunity to celebrate communion. And let me tell you something. For those that maybe joined us after we had already started doing our virtual services, we invite you to celebrate communion in your own home as well. So feel free um, before the service to, to get your elements ready. You can use cookies, you can use crackers, you can use tortillas, you can use bread, whatever you want to use, and and some juice so that we can all celebrate communion together in our own homes. And imagine that a time when we celebrate communion, even though we're not in the same building, it would be the time in which we are most united in communion with Him, with God, through the Holy Spirit, and with each other. So we are excited about that today. Um, The scripture reading for today, um, being that it's Pentecost Sunday, is in the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. The title of my sermon is Utterly Amazed. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this amazing gift and and amazing privilege, God, to be able to come together and celebrate, God, Pentecost Sunday and, and celebrate and worship you, God. Holy God, the power that Pentecost means to us as a church and we just thank you for that we ask, Holy One, that you prepare us this morning. Open our hearts. Open our minds, God. Uh, prepare our spirit so that we may receive every word today, God, and that it may be nourishment for our spirit. Make me small this morning so that your message may be magnified. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Again, the scripture readings in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And it says this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Just a little bit of background. As I mentioned today, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Now, we have been preparing for this time we have been studying about the Holy Spirit and and today we come to celebrate Pentecost which is the birth of the church as we know it. It is where where God through the Holy Spirit breathes life into the church. but a little bit of background about that because because I found this to be amazing. they were waiting in Jerusalem. they were praying. Scripture tells us that it was 120 of them in one place, in one accord, when they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. That tells us that there were some prerequisites that needed to be met. See, when Jesus uh, was resurrected, they didn't immediately get the power of the Holy Spirit. There had to be some things that had to happen. And and, and I love because there, there is some sense of organization and some sense of structure, because sometimes when we think of, of Pentecost, we we want to associate it to, to another term, uh, a religion called Pentecostal, which is two totally different things. But when we think Pentecostal, in, in my experience, um, I think a little bit uh, chaotic. I think of one of the things that, that as I grew up Pentecostal that we didn't do much was, we didn't, we didn't believe too much in structure or organization because we said things like, we'll, we'll let the spirit move us, or we'll let the spirit lead us. And so sometimes it just felt a little chaotic. And so then to to read that there were some things that were happening, there were some prerequisites, their significance on why they had to be together and why they had to be praying and why it was 120, their significance to that number. And then they received the power of the Holy Spirit. But also some things that we need to remember. At this point, they were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. But they were obedient in what they were told to do. Let me... Um, share a little bit about why I came up with this sermon title. Um, You know, as I thought about the scripture and it says they were utterly amazed. The, The definition for utterly, it says, is used to intensify something, to emphasize something is great. Amazed, the definition is to be greatly surprised, overjoyed, and filled with wonder. I wonder how many of us would say those words today when we describe how we feel about our walk with the Lord, about our relationship with God, or when we think about the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many people, when they see us as a church and the way we're moving in our communities, would say they were utterly amazed. Maybe at one point we did feel this way, or maybe at one point we did use these words to describe all the things that I mentioned and if we don't feel that way now then what and that is why we're here we're here to be reminded because the holy spirit hasn't changed it is us that tend to change it is us that tend to lose our focus when we remember you know how how awesome we felt when we started you know serving when we started when we gave our lives to christ and then somehow we start interjecting religion into this whole thing and then we start making it about do's and don'ts. And then we start looking at service as a task or, or as, a, as homework or as a job. And at that point is when we start losing that excitement, that amazement. Um, you know, I love to say this to our, our church. And as we serve a God, it will never stop amazing us because he is an amazing God. And so, so so, for maybe some of us who might not use those words to describe where we are today in our ministries or in our walk, um, today is the day that I'm so glad you are here. I'm so glad you're tuned in because no one is here by accident. The Holy Spirit has not changed. We are the ones that changed. So so get your pens and your your paper, because um, it's important that we take some notes today because we're gonna continue studying about the Holy Spirit. We're gonna cover three life application points this morning, and here is the first life application point. The Holy Spirit emboldens our witness. Why is that important? Well, last Sunday, I closed our sermon asking this question and saying, or actually it was more of a statement. Our unity could be our greatest witness. Jesus prayed for us to be united. And then when we go into the book of Acts and we look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." So, so we're not saying that the witnessing is important just for the sake of saying it. It is in the scripture that we are united and that we are, and that unity be our greatest witness. That we receive the Holy Spirit so that we can be His witnesses. So here's where we put those two together. And, and, and when we see what the Holy Spirit did for them, it is really encouraging for us today. Again, let's go back to what was going on at the time. They, they were scared. They, they didn't know what was going to happen next. They thought they had lost their leader and, and, and they were in danger. And, and so there was a lot of things happening and they were confused and they were feeling lost. So so we see, you know, how they were and what was going on with them. And then we see what happened when the Holy Spirit descended on them. And then the impact that it made on their lives. And and then we look at the contrast then before the Holy Spirit to after. And we see how they lived. We see the, the impact they made in the world and... The way they died. So, so, what does that mean to us when we talk about the Holy Spirit will embolden our witness? Is you and I need to first of all accept that we're all witnesses. We all are, are, are witnessing to the world, and it is up to us on um, whether we're gonna be good witnesses or not. And, and and the reality is, you and I, we have a responsibility to be good witnesses. And the only way we're going to be able to accomplish that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, what happens is, many times we try to do this thing on our own. What does that mean to us? It means that the Holy Spirit has to be our greatest asset. And why do we have to repeat that? Because as churches, we tend to fall back on or rely on things like programs, uh, on on other things. And, And And we go with that route first and then we say, Holy Spirit, you know, use these things. And it really needs to be the other way around. It should be Holy Spirit lead us, guide us into the tools that we're supposed to use. But it is you that we have to rely on first. I have seen in my short time as a pastor and in my short time as a bishop, I have seen churches that have failed because they didn't wait for the direction from the Holy Spirit. I have seen churches that failed because they didn't make the Holy Spirit the greatest asset. Instead, they made their, their finances or programs or, or you know, other things the greatest asset. So what does it mean to us as a church? Is that we need to be emboldened in, 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 in how the, the world sees us. Are we those advocates? Are we those ambassadors of, of hope and love and grace? And, and are we being shy about it? Because you know, we also learned last week that, that we were called to be different, to be set apart, and that's contradictory to sometimes how we want to be in the world. See, so we want to be part of the in crowd. We want we want to be part of the fun crowd, and and somehow you know um, we're being we're being asked to be set apart, and so sometimes we tend to want to be a little shy about our witnessing. Sometimes we're too concerned about being politically correct. I'm afraid that if I start inviting people to church, or if I start talking to people about the Lord, that they're gonna start thinking that I'm, you know, I'm boring, or that I'm, I'm not fun, or, or, the, or they're gonna start expecting me to live out and witness what that means. And I honestly think, church, that that's what keeps us many times from being the bold witnesses that we need to be. Because once we put out the, the badge of Christianity, th- th- we can't take it off. And sometimes we want the convenience to be able to, to take it off and be able to, to say some things that we shouldn't say or participate in things that we shouldn't participate. And, 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 and then we want to put it back on when we're ready to, to uh, be a Christian again. And sometimes that is what keeps us. The accountability part keeps us from being those bold witnesses. And so, and so we struggle and we say no a lot because it's scary and because it's it's uncomfortable or inconvenient. And that's what happens when we're trying to rely on our own understanding. But when we rely on the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit makes a way. The Holy Spirit emboldens us, and and we start doing things that we normally would not do. You know, I am not an extrovert. I tended to, if I was in a party, I tended to just kind of stay, on my own. I I had a hard time initiating conversations. I definitely um, have a hard time with small talk. And so to to go from being an introvert and to to you know not not being easily um, engaged uh, with others and to be called to be a pastor, well that's almost contradictory. Uh, And I know some of you out there who are members of our church are saying uh, that's not the pastor that we know. Um, you know, you don't tend to stay in, in your own uh, space. You're always in our business, Pastor. That's the Holy Spirit. And we joke, but, but that's the truth. It is the Holy Spirit that, that empowers us, that moves us, that gives us, that intercesses for us, that, that, does, uh, that allow us to be able to do and be the instruments that God has called us to do, God has called us to be. So, so we celebrate the power of Pentecost, we celebrate the power of the Holy Spirit, and and we allow the Holy Spirit to embolden our witnessing, to to allow us to go out there and make an impact, to be reminded uh, and be utterly amazed by the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. That's what it means to us as a church. Here's life application point number two. The Holy Spirit gives clarity for the mission, and I'm going to stay in this application point for a little bit, and I'm going to speak right now as if I am the pastor of this church. And and, and that's an, uh, an inside joke for those that don't know, but but when I say, I'm gonna speak like I'm the pastor. Sometimes it makes some of our members a little nervous. And they'll say, oh, oh, here he comes. He's gonna say something controversial. And maybe I am. But but this is really a burden in my spirit, um, especially this week. The Holy Spirit gives clarity for the mission. As a church, we need to ask ourselves, what is our mission? What is it that we're supposed to be doing? Because let me tell you something, church. For years, I grew up in a church, and many of us do. And, and where we focus on, on on things that we should do or shouldn't do. When we talk about smoking, and we talk about clubs and pubs, and when we talk about you know um, all these other things that 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 are. I'm not, I'm not going to say that that don't matter, but, but we have spent so much energy looking at, at things that, that are outwardly obvious or, or things that, that we are not comfortable with or, 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 or things that are insignificant when we look at the bigger scheme of things. And I wonder, instead of talking about smoking and clubs and and all these other things, should we not be talking instead about some things that are really hurting our country today? Why are not we talking about the things that are repugnant to God? Why are not we talking about the things that break God's heart? Why are we not talking about the things that make Jesus weep today? I am positive that it isn't about how long a skirt someone should wear. I I assure you it isn't about whether ladies should wear makeup or not, or whether, you know, people should cut their hair, or whether we should wear robes or not wear robes, or whether should we, you know, what, do worship hymns or should should we put the the scriptures and the bullet in the powerpoint or should we make everybody carry their 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 bibles and those are seriously are the conversations that churches are having today and i wonder at what point we're going to get to the part where it really really makes a difference in our world today not inside the four walls of the church the holy spirit gives us clarity so that we can become relevant in this world, so that we can go out and and take our place. Why hasn't the church tackled the racial injustices that are happening today? Why is the church staying silent when, when we have seen some atrocities happening in our own country, and yet we're not saying anything or we'd rather talk about whether we should do hymns or contemporary music, whether we should have organ music or drums in the church. Those are seriously some of the conversations that churches are having today. And I'm here to tell you, it's time that we pray that the Holy Spirit gives us clarity of our mission. And it's time that you and I, we understand what our mission is. And it is time that we stop being silent about the injustices that are happening out in the world. We need to be able to call it out church. And many of the changes that have happened in the world have happened because the Christian community, the organized church community came together and participated and got engaged. I am not going to sit here and tell you what you need to do or how you need to do it. My job is not to get you to think the way I think, but my job is to get you to think and, and it is my prayer for us as a, as a church and for us as a Christian community that we pray that the Holy Spirit gives us clarity so that we can go out there and, and, and be able to do the things that, that we need to do. We have seen children in cages and we have prayed and be silent. We have seen we have reached 100,000 deaths of this COVID thing. And and somehow it just feels like we're hearing a number and not lives being lost. And we pray. And and, and and instead we're out there protesting that we have to wear masks. And this week we saw a man die at the knee of a police officer. And we are silent. You know, it it really broke my heart when I saw that video. And then, a couple of days ago, I saw a video of some of the looting that's happening because of the riots. And there was more passion. There There was more people upset about the looting that happened than there were about a man who died. Something is wrong, church. And, and we need to take our place and we need, to, we need to be part of the solution for this thing. And in my prayer, my prayer this morning is not that the Holy Spirit gives us clarity, but that the Holy Spirit awaken, awakens our soul as a Christian community. We have work to do and we need to go beyond the superficial. And and, and and ask for the boldness and the courage to go after the injustices that continue to happen today, whether they impact you or not, because the, I promise you it impacts everybody. We have work to do, God, uh, church, and, and it is my prayer that our soul be awakened by the Holy Spirit and that we start doing something. Again, I'm not going to stand here and tell you what to do and how to do it, But I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit moves us to do the things that we need to do. And here's life application point number three. The Holy Spirit birthed the church. I read a commentary, and I thought it was pretty cool. It said, the church is God's plan to reach the world. And he doesn't have a plan B because he doesn't need a plan B. Because as a church, he gave us everything through the power of the Holy Spirit. On that day of Pentecost, when he breathes life into the church, when he breathes life into us, there is no need for a plan B. What we need to do is we need to make sure that we stay focused on what it is that he's called us to do. The church is God's plan to reach the lost. The church is God's plan that the good news be proclaimed. The church is God's plan for racial reconciliation. The church is God's plan to show the goodness, the grace, and the love of God. And here we thought it was about us being comfortable. The church is God's plan to reach the world. And here we're arguing about the color of the carpet or the color of the walls. The church is God's plan to reach the world, and we are the church. The church is not the building. You know, it's funny when when I hear people saying that that we need to reopen the churches, and, and I know what they mean, but the reality is that the churches should have never been closed. Because you and I, we are the church. We are who who was breathed the Holy Spirit. It is you and I who are supposed to be out there being the church, not a building. We should have never closed. Yes, I know that we can't meet together, and that's not what I'm talking about. But I believe that that we have been activated. That we need to to. Get comfortable. You know what? Get used to it. The fact that it's going to be different. And I'm starting to say, I'm glad. Because I think for a long time we have stayed too comfortable in the safety of a structure. In where we can be so isolated and be so holy that we're useless when it comes to being out in the world. We are God's plan to reach the lost, to proclaim the good news, to be the healing uh, vessels of reconciliation, to show the goodness and grace and the love of God. (laughs) Can Can we start taking our role seriously? Are we ready to take our place? I know the world needs us to do so. This week has been very convicting and let me tell you something. you know I, one of my professors once said, before the preacher prepares a sermon, the sermon must first prepare the preacher. And, I, and I'm going to tell you this week every word that I have been saying today that was given to me through the through the Holy Spirit is words that I had to swallow. It's a message that I had to receive. It's a message, question that I had to apply to my own walk. And and, and that is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will sometimes bring conviction to to shine the light on those things that we need to look at, to, to do the things that we need to do. Are we ready to take our place? The world needs us to do so. Are we the vessels of reconciliation? is unity our greatest witness when we take our place and be those vessels of reconciliation and let me tell you something reconciliation is not easy when we started our church new beginnings christian community church our vision that was given to us through prayer and through the through the holy spirit was to be the church of reconciliation and and let me tell you something for a moment there i kind of blinked a little bit thought oh that's that's hard because reconciliation means that you're you're addressing something that created a problem that created some kind of separation it involves people and it involves people that have been hurt and 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 have been you know oppressed and and have been you know angry and that are angry and have been have been wounded and and we're supposed to you know bring this together and and reconcile It wasn't, it was, it wasn't, it was scary. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, if you take the time to meet some of our members, we have some amazing stories of reconciliation happening in our lives. When we become those vessels of reconciliation and when we allow unity to be our greatest witness, then we will be utterly amazed at the work the Holy Spirit is doing in us and through us. And, and also, as important is, the world will look at us and be utterly amazed and at what we are doing and how we are impacting their lives. Are you ready to take your place? Are you ready to be a vessel of reconciliation? Are you ready for our unity to be our greatest witness? are you ready to be utterly amazed this is the word of the lord this morning thanks be to god let us pray almost living and loving god we thank you for this powerful message today. We hear you loud and clear and we take our place and we accept the authority that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you today for birthing us as a church. And we thank you for, for the privilege, God, being able to go out there and be the vessels of unity and reconciliation. God, we know it's going to be uncomfortable. We know that it's going to be controversial, but we also know that it is important that we do so because it's lives that are at stake and and you came so that none would be lost. So use us in a mighty way, holy God. Let us be able to, to empty of ourselves, God, Reveal in us, God, the things that we have to change within ourselves. We know that we all have our biases. We know that we all have our prejudices. We know that we all have our politics. We know that we all have our baggage. Will you reveal what those things are for us that are impacting us, that are keeping us, God, from being those vessels of reconciliation, from being able to to be united, God, with one another, be able to take our place and use our voice as a Christian community to say, stop. These injustices must stop. And we as a church should not, should not be okay with some of the things that are happening today. And we cannot be silent anymore. But I thank you because we know that we're not going at this alone. We know that you have already given us everything that we need so that we can go out there and be your witnesses, not just in our church, not just in our families, not just in the places of work, not just in our communities, not just in San Antonio, but your word says, throughout the ends of the world. What an amazing privilege that is. And Holy God, we hear you as we, as we thank you for the many ways in which we are blessed. We also are reminded that to whom much is given, much is required. And I ask, Father God, that as we as we allow the Holy Spirit to move us and to move in us, God, that all of it be, God, motivated and grounded on love. We thank you. We honor you this morning. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you Church, happy birthday again. We thank you for joining us this morning. I know that this message is a powerful one, but it is one that that we need to start having those conversations. I ask you today to, to look around your circles. I ask you to, instead of avoiding having difficult conversations, that you open up the dialogue, that we start having the conversations about it, because it's not gonna go away, and you and I, we can make an impact in this world. I invite you to come to our website, nb-ccc.org. Let us know how you are doing. Let us know how these services are impacting you. You also have the opportunity to be um, engaged in our Bible study on Wednesdays at seven o'clock. We have our Spanish service at nine o'clock in the morning, and then we have our children's and church and service as well. And you also have the opportunity to give us your love offerings and tithing and then help us, support us as we continue to do the work that God has called us to do, to be the Church of Reconciliation. And it is our challenge to go out and that the world see us and be utterly amazed. God bless you and we will see you next week.